Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. All right, we're back, and let's go right to the phones. We know we've done this Minnesota Masters, um, excuse me, this Masters and Legends of Ice Fishing every year for several years, and we've had Dave Gentz and Pro Brosdahl and Steve Panaz, myself, Greg Claggio. One guy we always include, and because he's a regular, I don't think sometimes we give him enough credit, or at least we try not to, and that's <laughs> Nate Zelinski. Good morning, Nate. Good morning, Terry. Merry Christmas. How are you? Merry Christmas. Hey, Mike, it got cold. We might have made some ice. Holy moly, we made some ice, Terry. It's funny. I was just talking to somebody, and uh, this is, you know, we're going into our 23rd year of guiding here on the front range of ice. And obviously I lived on the ice as a kid long before that. It's pretty crazy. I, I do try to always consider myself kind of the, the young guy at the front range now, but as all these up and comers are coming, I, uh, I unfortunately am approaching probably 30 years of professional ice fishing on the front range. That That's not good. I don't like that. 25, 30 years of, of hitting the ice hard. <laughs> Hey, I've got belly button lint that's older than that. So. <laughs> oh. But it's been a while. I'll tell you what, the temperature at my house went from right around 50 at the high 40s to below zero in less than two hours. That dropped about 40 degrees in, a, in an hour. Uh, that's the, <laughs> I've been in some of the most, I've been from the Arctic Circle and down. And I've seen some of the most severe conditions in the world as I've traveled in my younger days. I have never seen a temperature drop that sudden. <laughs> I'll tell you, it, it got cold, Terry, and it was nice because that cold brought on some calm conditions for just long enough uh, to lock us up. We went from open water to literally six inches of ice on Chatfield and six inches of ice on Cherry Creek and sometimes even a little more at Cherry Creek. Um, it, it did exactly what we wanted it to, to bring ice to the front range. And we always say that we hope to be ice fishing on the front range, whether it's Chatfield, Cherry Creek, Boyd, you know, the whole front range. We always shoot for Christmas Day as being our kickoff. And usually sometimes Christmas Day is like, Maybe the ponds at Chatfield, maybe Cherry Creek, maybe the boat dock at Chatfield. But this year, that cold snap brought us on uh, a pretty solid six inches plus uh, in most places on the front range. Obviously, it's fresh ice, it's new ice. Use extreme caution, uh, but we have ice on the front range. And, you know, we're catching walleyes, we're catching trout, we're catching bass. The bite is on on the front range. And with that, I have to say that that bite and uh, probably the most amazing bite we've had at Chatfield all year so far has continued right into the winter. So if you've ever dreamed of having a good walleye day on the ice, whether by yourself or on a guided trip, this is the year to get out there and catch some walleyes at Chatfield because that bite is absolutely tremendous right now. You know, and a couple things before we get into a little more details. <clears throat> One is certainly we want to stress ice safety because when it freezes this quickly, it usually is pretty good, solid, strong ice. Still check it as you go. There's going to be spots where there might be current or there might be a spring. So be very cautious. Ice fishing, we always say there's no such thing as safe ice, but ice fishing is incredibly safe as long as you use common sense. Another thing, people are going to look and say, hey, we're going to be in the high 40s and 50s the next week. But what people don't realize is once we get that cold freeze and we form that ice, 
that 50 degrees lasts for about an hour, and most of the day and night it's still below freezing. That ice is probably going to hold up for quite a while yet, don't you think? I agree, Terry, and there's good and bad with this, and we're going to cover that right now. So number one, we froze rock hard. So even though freezing is freezing, when you get the bitter temperatures, you actually build a little bit harder ice, I'd say, than you do on a real slow cap. We didn't layer up slow. We didn't get snow and freeze and all these different layers that makes ice sometimes kind of funky. We froze with a deep, hard freeze. So the quality of ice is absolutely incredible. Uh, I mean, it froze before we had any pressure cracks. It froze before we could do any sort of expansion. So number one, the ice that we built this last week was absolutely incredible. So it's, it's, it, if it had a grade, it is like a premium A-plus quality of ice. So we love that. Then the, the good and the bad, and you can take this for whatever, whatever you want to. We got snow on the ice. I dislike snow for number one reason, safety. You can't read the ice as well. When that ice is crystal clear, you can see when you kind of get into some discoloration. You can see when you have certain cracks or you can honestly, you can see from the expansion cracks when you're walking up on some thinner ice. So when we have that, that crystal clear kind of Zamboni looking ice, um, it's great for safety quality. Um, and we now have snow on it. So we don't love the snow for the fact that we can't see it. We don't love the snow that the fact that I'm getting older, and I don't want to drag my shelters through snow, but the positive of the snow is it's going to insulate it. So now, even if we hit 50, 60 degrees this week, the snow is going to insulate and protect it through the bulk of those high temperatures. Uh, then we cool down in about eight, nine days. So I think the snow, even though it's a nuisance in some ways, that snow is really going to help us out and insulate on these couple of warm days we have coming up. It's going to get us through them, and that ice is going to continue for a while. So I see nothing in the forecast that is going to even really honestly affect the ice at all. I think we're going to grow at night. We're going to stay pretty neutral during the day. And I, and I think we're up to, to one heck of a good ice season that we're going to be looking at here on the front range day. Well, you know, a couple other things about the snow. And one is it, it can make it easier to walk on the ice as long as it's not too loose and fluffy. Because when it freezes that hard with that, that clear ice, well, you better, if there is no snow, you better have cleats on because you just, I don't care how athletic you think you are, you're going to, you're going to fall down. And that's where more people get hurt ice fishing than any other way is they fall. Put some kind of grips on your shoes. They're not that expensive. The second thing, and I'm a firm believer in this, is it really changes the fish activity with that snow blocking some of the light. I agree. It definitely, it blocks some of the light and more so you don't spook as many fish. You know, you don't have a light condition around you and then a shelter creating shadows, you know, a, a bright colored suit. I definitely think clear ice. I think 100% the fish see you. They see movement, uh, everything like that. So I do say the one benefit of snow is it definitely blocks out all human behavior and kind of neutralizes what's down there to, to make the fish definitely want to approach more often for sure. So take us through some of the places you're hearing about and personally fishing. Absolutely. So, I mean, starting low to high, 
Cherry Creek is frozen. Uh, guys are catching some great fish out there. It definitely seems to be a lot of the traditional type reaction bait. Um, so even though people are catching fish on live bait, like a fathead or a shiner, uh, it seems like the reactionary baits, the jigging wraps, uh, a very aggressively worked spoon uh, and or blade baits are being the, the kind of hotter ticket at Cherry Creek. It seems like as long as you're on contour, you're catching fish. Um, Again, certain times of the year, certain depth contour can really come into play. Right now, it seems like kind of it's a mid-depth. So at Cherry Creek, as long as your structure is between that 8 and 12 foot, 8 and 14 foot dropping off to deeper, you're catching fish. So that that seems to be great. Uh, definitely a low-light period bite at Cherry Creek first thing in the morning and then obviously in the evening. Uh, Chatfield, we're seeing fish as shallow as 6, 7 feet, as deep as 20 feet. Uh, so the fish seem to be a little bit more wider spread at Chatfield. Uh, same thing, even though those fish are having a lacking food source of shad like they have all year, uh, they're still sticking to the low light period. I was kind of hoping that with the lacking food source, the fish were going to bite longer into the day and start earlier in the afternoon. But, you know, we've only been out there for three, four days now. But within those three, four days, they are sticking to that low light period. So in the morning, we see our first waves of fish starting to come through at, you know, 5 a.m., 5, 15 a.m. And then you're getting into that kind of hot and heavy bite between that 6 a.m. and 7 a.m. Uh, then about 7 a.m., it starts to slow down. We're catching fish all the way up until 9 or 10 in the morning. Uh, but definitely, I would say if you had a, a peak window, you want to be, you know, lines in the water actively fishing at 6 a.m. Uh, and then by 7.38, you're definitely starting to see a little bit of a slowdown with that bite. Uh, but at Chatfield, we're catching them on everything. We're doing some good stuff on blades. Um, I wouldn't start with a blade. We're catching fish on blades but it's fish to fish. Some of the fish have been a little turned off and a little skittish around blades, uh, but jigging wraps are producing a lot of fish. And honestly, Gary, we're having tremendous success on spoons this year so far through the ice. Uh, I wouldn't say spoons usually my go-to. Uh, I almost always start off with those jigging wraps, tikka minnows, those kind of glide baits. Uh, but this year, spoons have been phenomenal. So doing a lot of spoons uh, at Chatfield, having a lot of success. And then the live bait is definitely doing better at Chatfield than it is at Cherry Creek. So that live fathead of that small or shiner fished under a bobber just a few inches off bottom uh that is definitely catching fish there as well so a lot of great things in the front range and we always kind of get so tied up on the walleye bite um chatfield is also producing a ton of trout um if I was going to go for trout, I'd break it down into three or four spots, but really three spots I'd say is my focus. The north boat ramp, it always has great ice. Uh, the fish come in there because the shad come in there, so you can always catch some rainbows at the north boat dock at Chatfield. So come into the north boat dock, traditional type patterns, you're going to catch some trout. The swim beach flat is producing quite a few trout right now, uh, so we're excited about that. And then if you're a little bit more into finding the right spot, if you go out of Fox Run, which is on the far southwest arm of Chatfield, um, park at Fox Run, walk out. There is flats and gravel pits right there, but the flats right now are holding a lot of weed growth. If you get to where you have an opening in those weeds or the edge of the weeds, um, there is so much food stacked in those weeds. Those trout there are acting just like a trout at 
11 Mile or Spinney or Lake John. They're really hanging around those weeds. So if you can find one of those weed edges in six to eight feet of water out of Fox Run or a little bit more towards Catfish Flats, um, you're going to have a tremendous day catching some great rainbows at Chatfield. So, uh, again, you don't necessarily have to go to the high country to find some some great fishing for trout or walleye right now. Uh, it's all right here on the Front Range. When you do go up in the hills, the trout, the pike, the lake trout, everything now at this cold front is frozen. Everything is fishing well. So, uh, again, we could have an hour show about that. But, you know, South Park Fisheries, you know, Antero and 11 Mile, avoid the crowds. You're going to find some fish. Uh, you know, lake trout, you know, Williams Fork's now frozen good. Those lakers are on structure and feeding well. So a lot of opportunity to catch a lot of fish right now. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. It's a great time. You can... Uh, from high mountains to uh, to the lower elevations, I got a theory I want to run by you too. You mentioned the spoons, how effective they've been this year, and yep. we saw the same thing in the fall fishing where spoons. You know, we've seen a trend to go to like glide baits, like jigging wraps and Johnny darters, and a lot of blade baits, and they've been really the dominant reaction bait, both in cold water from the boat and through the ice for the last few years. I think over time, fish get a little conditioned, or maybe we catch the fish that are more susceptible to those. And spoons used to be the dominant presentation, and we kind of got away from that. I'm almost in a feeling over this last year that because spoons haven't been fished as much as they have been in years past, that it's almost like starting out with a new lure. I couldn't agree more, Terry. I definitely see these trends. We've seen it for decades where certain things become hot, they can become very popular, um, and then the fish get conditioned to them. So so I, I agree 100%. I think there's a lot to reaction and noise and flash, and I think that they do definitely have interest in certain things throughout the course of the years, um, but I definitely think that there's also something to be said for the fact that you know, the, the new latest type thing can always be hot because the fish haven't seen it. Even though a spoon is nowhere near new, if the fish haven't seen it as much lately, especially this generation's of fish, um, it is new to them, uh, and it can definitely produce a lot of fish. So so either way, uh, the spoon bite is definitely going on. So if you were going to sneak away Christmas Day, spend Christmas Eve with the family and Christmas morning, so we don't want an early morning bite, but if you were going to sneak away Christmas Day, whether give me one mountain destination and one front range destination. Absolutely. Okay. You know, since it's Christmas, I think the, the short window of the walleye, even though it's a bummer, it doesn't last long. It's very conducive for everybody that has a, that has to work, uh, that has Christmas plans, anything like that. So Chatfield, Cherry Creek, either one of those fisheries. If you fish tomorrow night from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m., that's all you need to be out there. Have your hole drilled by 4 p.m., stay till 6, get home after that you're going to catch some walleye. So sit on structure, 4 p.m. to 6 p.m., you're going to have success. If I wanted to go to a mountain fishery, I'd probably go to 11 Mile. Biggest thing there, I would be fishing in 6 to 10 feet of water, uh, and I would avoid the crowd. So I would literally pull up there, see where other holes have been, avoid the crowds, and you're going to catch some fish. I want to gloss over something you just said during that talk, and that's to drill the holes at 4 o'clock. <clears throat> you know, sometimes the noise of drilling a hole will attract fish, but most of these fish that are pressured on the front range, if you can drill that hole early and then stay away from it until you're ready to fish it, it makes a huge difference. 
You know, Terry, it's crazy. I mean, lake trout could care less. Bass could care less. Trout could kind of go either way. While walleye, you 100% deter your bite, if not absolutely ruin your bite, by drilling a hole on top of those fish. And I don't care if you're using an electric auger, a hand auger, or the loudest two-stroke gas auger ever made. Drilling that hole is noisy, and it scares your fish. I never drill a hole in that peak window of that walleye bite. Get out there early, even if you have to drill out holes for two or three spots. Even if you have to move, your holes are already drilled. You have to drill outside of the peak window. Drilling on top of those fish once they show up to feed will 100% deter your opportunity that day for sure. So definitely put some focus on that. And if you're drilling over structure, drill on top of it, below it, drill at different depths. Give yourself within a you know, a, a short range of different depth, depths that you can you can test because, like you said, you don't want to be drilling after the bite starts. Nate, we got to go, but any uh, any events people need to know about? We know we're excited about Terry. You know, like walleye, stay on the top twenty five percent of the structure, you're going to catch fish. Ice addiction is January fourteenth at Blue Mesa, so we are literally approaching that three week countdown. We're going to have our prize list posted later on today. So you can go to our website or Facebook page, check out that prize list. Um, our prizes are through the roof, Terry. We have so much going on. Make sure you grab your tickets. You can go to fishingchaos.com. Uh, you can just go to tightlineoutdoors.com, go to our Facebook page, get a hold of us, uh, grab your ticket now. It'll get you on the ice in that first couple waves of the people. Uh, but ice addiction is full steam ahead. January 14th, get your tickets, uh, and we'll see everybody on the ice soon. All right, my friend. Merry Christmas to you and your family. Merry Christmas to you as well, Terry. Thank you for everything. All right, Nate Zielinski, and we will take a quick time out. When we come back, Austin Parr is going to join us, and we're going to continue with ice fishing tips and places to go on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Dante, you've got us uh, in the Christmas spirit with that music. Thank you. Let's go to the phones. Joining us, he's a regular contributor to the show, an accomplished angler and hunter, and, of course, a guide and a retailer right here in Colorado, Austin Parr. Good morning, Austin. Good morning, Terry. Merry Christmas to you. Oh, Merry Christmas to you. It's uh, the great time of the year. I don't know if you heard much of that end when Nate and I were talking, but I want to run this by you. Uh, I'm a firm believer that, Spoons are seeing a rebirth because we've just almost overplayed our hand with the jigging wraps and the blades. Now, they're still going to be effective. They're great baits, especially if you learn how to use them right. But I'm seeing a tremendous resurgence of the spoon bite. Are you experiencing any of that? I would also agree with that. You know, they're a very versatile bait. You can fish them the same way that you can fish a jigging wrap on some of the heavier ones, but then also have a variety of different flutter spoon options like a slender spoon or some various uh, flutter spoon on the buckshot series from Northland. And you can really have some really good success with those same spoons, great color options on them. You're very versatile when you tip them. And definitely a tool that I like to have in my arsenal is this Metro ice is starting to kick off. And a lot of times I'm using a spoon. I'm not even necessarily catching the fish on a spoon, but I almost always have one more subtle, more one finesse presentation, whether it's a dead stick or something with some gulp or some bait on it on a tiny jig or something like that that's either on a bobber or just suspended from the rod. And I'm using very little movement until I have to when I see fish on the electronics that aren't responding. But a lot of times that spoon tends to bring those fish in 
even if they won't hit it, they'll hit the other presentation. It just increases your odds of getting fish to notice you. I would definitely agree with that, especially when it comes to the trout fishing. I a lot of times find that the, the walleyes and the smallmouth have more of a, a desire to eat that spoon. But the trout, although you know, big-time spoon eaters when it comes to open water fishing, I find that those you don't catch on the spoons very often. And I like to have it either as my main attractor or what I'll do is tie a small dropper off of the lower portion of the split ring. I'll physically take the hook off tie a, a five or six inch dropper and then put a tungsten jig or a rat pinky or something down below tipped with a mealworm or a waxworm. And a lot of times they'll eat that after they've come in on that uh, spoon flash. I'll tell you one thing, a trick to that too is use a little heavier test line than you would Definitely. think for that dropper. It keeps it from getting tangled up. Definitely agree. And a tungsten jig I find works good too to have it fall at a faster rate than a uh, lighter lead jig and it keeps your line and everything more in a, in a line a little bit better. So what are you hearing? You know, Nate and I talked a little bit about the metro areas. You can touch on that, too, and kind of reinforce, or maybe you're seeing a different bite in some of the mountain areas. What are you hearing? Yeah, the metro area has started up here earlier than what we would normally find, obviously. And uh, the cold temperature really forms some pretty high-quality ice. Obviously, ice is never fully safe. But we're hearing in the neighborhood of, you know, five-ish inches and a lot of the places on the metro with maybe a little bit more on Cherry Creek. And as I heard Nate mentioning, which is typically the case, that uh, low light period has certainly been the most productive one so far. And uh, the one thing when you're dealing with places like Cherry Creek with the heavy bait emphasis out there, tons of, of shad, uh, you're going to find more of a reactionary bite a lot of times works, but a lot of folks are starting to do well on the live minnows out of Chatfield, which is similar to what we found in the fall with the lack of bait fish out there. So that's definitely something that I would have uh, as far as if I'm heading out to Chatfield. But definitely still lots of opportunities in the mountains, and we're going to be seeing some, some of the big water freeze here pretty quick. It wasn't as cold up there as it was on the front range. But I would say that within the next week to week and a half, we should have some fishable ice uh, for sure out on Granby or uh, Williams Fork and places like that. Yeah, and we're going to have the Granby guys on next week. We'll talk about that. He felt it was capping, but it wasn't quite ready, and that um, Shadow Mountain and Grand Lake were pretty good, and Williams Fork was pretty good. But Grand Lake, Granby itself was still hadn't capped. You know, one thing up and down the Front Range, we have panfish. You got places like Saint Perrain. You got all these ponds. The panfish can be really tremendous, but so can the trout. And even Chatfield and Cherry Creek, there's a great stalker bite. A lot of people don't, you know, they're newer to ice fishing. They're not maybe as hardcore. Or maybe they just want to get out when it's warm in the middle of the day, catch some fish and have some fun or take a, a youth out or a friend out ice fishing. The stock trout on the front range should be on fire right now. Definitely. And, you know, when you talk about the walleyes, it's very structure-oriented. GPS definitely is very helpful. And then it's all about that low light period. Whereas those trout, you can just get out there in the, the morning or even into the evening, find a nice flat out in front of the swim beach area or down toward Massey Draw, set up, have one person using the spoon, as we've mentioned, something like Castmaster or a Slender Spoon, and then have maybe a minnow on a dead stick, but then things like, uh, you would think about in the mountains, a, a little tube jig, like a Sierra Slammer or a Trout Traps tube, and then a rat thinky, all tipped with mealworms or waxworms, have the same good success that you find in the mountains with that type of a, of a presentation. And I like to try and find a little bit of a structure line. If you can get on a weed line or a slight drop-off, maybe even an edge where 
the bottom composition changes, all can attract those trout. And, you know, really there's some nice trout in a lot of these lakes. Cherry Creek, with how shallow it is, doesn't have quite as many holdover fish as places like Aurora or Chatfield. But catching some truly healthy, you know, in the neighborhood of 20-plus inch trout is not out of the question at all on these other bodies of water. And then the numbers can be good. And if you can find where these lakes were recently stocked, St. Vrain or in the North Bow Ramp at Chatfield or, or Cherry Creek, you can get some really good numbers uh, that you would find even up in the mountains, days where you're catching 30-plus fish. Have you heard anything about the ice on Aurora? Aurora, I have not, unfortunately. Um, I've heard a lot of reports around uh, the western portion of the Front Range, as well as Cherry Creek, but Aurora, I have not had a, a great report, and I don't like uh, really inferring anything out there because that metro ice on that depth of a lake sometimes can be a bit spotty. And anywhere you go, a spud bar right now is still a pretty critical element. Don't just count the fact that we've been so cold to, that it's going to be safe. Oh, yeah. Use all kinds of caution. If you use caution, you'll be safe, but you have to use caution. I would think when Aurora, if it is capped or when it does, um, the perch were starting to get bigger there again. You know, we talk about the trout all the time, but there is some decent panfish like perch and bluegills and crappies up and down the front range, too. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, one thing I like to mention, too, is if you're harvesting some of those, certainly do it on a conservative basis. You can get a bite out there on, on a social media type deal. It can really smash some panfish populations. And, you know, keeping some, totally fine. And uh, working on those mid-sized fish is usually what I like to keep. But uh, the small minnows, definitely a good thing. But then out of Aurora, those fish will suspend. And a lot of times I've found that they eat a little small red blood worm pretty well. So I'll put a drop shot with an annelid fly up above a tungsten jig so I can drop it right to the level that they are at. I'll have my tungsten jig tip, but many times they'll eat that little fly and you can really put a hurt on them in a, uh, with those, those small flies rather than trying to have to eat a mealworm or a waxworm. You know, uh, there's a really some great imitation bloodworms now too. Berkeley Gulp in the Jars makes a couple different presentations that will imitate a, a bloodworm and uh, Northland Tackle makes a couple, and a lot of times I don't even take bait with, and you talked about a fly. For the panfish and the trout, less and less bait is uh, necessary. I'll throw in one. I did hear that Lon Hagler, they're catching stalkers in shallow water, and it's about five inches of ice. That's a great one that usually finds a way to kick my butt for some reason. I don't know why, but I'll probably head out there this week. What else have you heard? Maybe either up and down the front range of the mountains. It's a pretty good bite. St. Brain definitely is going to be a good one. You can catch a, a ton of good numbers up there. Evergreen Lake on the southern side of town, it's been good for a while, but that particular location is an awesome spot to take a kid, just go catch a whole bunch of fish. I'm, I'm a big fan of that. Uh, Wolford Mountain, throwing something a little bit different out there. There's still some tokenies that are swimming around. They're getting to a point when they're you know a little bit rougher this time of year, but Still have a fair number of company on the southern side of the dam. I talked to a couple of gentlemen who are up there really catching some good numbers of reasonable kokanee as far as size is concerned. But then also mixing in with your standard trout, rainbows and browns both. So I like that spot up there uh, when they finally got to this, this level where it's frozen. Um, and on that southern side, you can have some fantastic uh, fishing there and then in that middle park valley lots of other opportunities as we mentioned there williams fork's going to be great for an early ice option here in the next couple of weeks and when those lake trout are up shallow in the early ice you have some opportunities that's very large fish up there with big tube jigs and and uh then there's good numbers of lake trout in that lake as well so getting out to that 45 50 foot even 55 foot range on some of those drop-offs 
with more of your modest size tubes, uh, three to three and a half inch. And early in the season, get away with the glows and the whites pretty well. And you've got really good days. So I, I like that over the next week or so here too. All right. We are out of time except for one thing I want to mention. A company called Lose, they make fishing tackle, has stepped up. You and I, you help us run with Karen and I, a program where we try to give 50 kids a new fishing rod at ISE. Um, Lou's just sent the rods there at your place. You're going to bring them to the ISC on January, uh, well, 15th is the family day. Tell us a, really quickly about those rods. Yeah, they're five and a half foot, uh, light action, underspin. And it's a great option where it's not a little kitty rod. It's something you can grow into. And I think it's going to be a great piece of equipment to get some young anglers uh, addicted to this sport that we love so much. And we want to say kudos to Luz for donating those to the kids, and we'll be giving those away the Sunday of the ISE show. And if people want more information from you, Austin, where do they find it? On the Discount Fishing Tackle, we're six blocks south of Evans on the west side of Santa Fe. All right, my friend, Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas, Terry. Thank you so much. All right. Before we go to break, there was a particular lure presentation that I talked to both Nate and to Austin about that seems to be really coming around and being effective again. Uh, if you text 303-713-1043, the first one to text with the name of that lure gets two tickets to the International Sportsman's Exposition uh, that's coming up in January. We're going to take a time out and we come back. J.R. Pierce is going to join us. We're going to change things up and talk some shooting on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. listening to Terry Wixom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Let's go to the phones and joining us from Colorado Clays is J.R. Pierce. Good morning, J.R. Man, good morning, Terry. It's uh, it's getting a little nicer out. It was a little little nippy out there for a while. Yeah, a little bit on the cold side, Terry, but uh, things are coming around. I know we built some ice. I'm excited for that, and I think we'll get to enjoy it with some warm weather, so I'm really excited. Oh, yeah, the ice fishing. Well, let's talk about, you know what, the year's winding down, and you're not on next Saturday because you're on every other week, and I kind of want to talk to you before we even get into other stuff, is I think all of us have kind of taken a breath this year as we've kind of returned at least to more of a normal life, even though COVID is still out there, and it's felt like a better year as far as interacting with people and what's going on. Is that what you've seen at Colorado Clay's? Absolutely, Terry. And, you know, that's the thing. Us being an outdoor-type facility, uh, we've always uh, been able to offer our um, services and be a little less restricted than some of the other businesses. But this year, things are really finally coming around. Folks are going to be able to get out and enjoy everything they like doing here at Colorado Clays without the mega restrictions and fears, I think, that we've been living with for the last couple of years. And I think we all need to say thanks to the people who have kept up the outdoor tradition and found ways to enjoy it, including coming to Colorado Clays. Yeah, Terry. You know, Terry, I think on that note, uh, I'd like to uh, go ahead and do on behalf of everyone here at Colorado Clays, operating, of course, as Colorado's number one ranked outdoor shooting facility, as a proud partner of the Terry Wickstrom Outdoors radio show, 
and of course myself as one of the multitudes of people that listen to Terry Wicks from Outdoors all year. Uh, I just want to sincerely thank you, Karen, and your whole crew for all the work you do to bring the people of Colorado the best information about everything outdoors in Colorado, the great variety of guests uh, with the first-hand knowledge and recommendations, and of course the easy access uh, on 104.3 The Fan. It's really much appreciated by everyone, Terry. And uh, I think Colorado Clays um, is going to have uh, its best year ever because uh, things are finally turning around. And, of course, you know, uh, being uh, on the Terry Wickstrom Outdoor Show can never hurt. All right. Well, thank you so much for that. You know, and besides that, you guys are going to make Colorado Clays better than ever, I understand. Yeah, and you're right, Terry. You know, so in 2023, of course, Colorado Clays will be offering our same huge assortment of recreational firearms activities ranging from our you know rifle pistol and shotgun shooting on a variety of -of state-of-the-art ranges courses and fields which of course offer something for everyone from beginner to expert uh, such as our training areas and our shotgun patterning Uh, we have individual or group instruction clinics for rifles, pistols, and shotguns, concealed carry classes. Uh, This year, Terry, the Trap and Sporting Clays Leagues are going to be bigger and better than ever, and I encourage anyone, uh, regardless of skill level, whether you have a a team or not, to get a hold of us and see how that can work for you. That will be starting in March. Uh, of course, group events for, you know, friends and family, bachelors, bachelorettes. Uh, we do gender reveals. Uh, we do business and corporate team building and appreciation events. And, of course, uh, we're still the number one fundraising venue in the state from start to finish. And, of course, Terry, we can accommodate groups of any size and so much more. And with our new partnership with Parks and Wildlife in the state of Colorado, uh, we have some great upgrades coming to the facility, um, including paving the driveway coming into Colorado Clays starting in March, Um, new bridges crossing our creek for added access and flow to skeet and sporting clays. Uh, We're going to upgrade our video viewing system on rifle with the very best and most modern cameras and monitors and just so much more. So, Terry, we're looking forward to uh, another fantastic year here at Colorado Clays. It sounds great. And you're already such a tremendous facility. And the fact that you keep looking at making it better every year is just a it's a tribute to you guys and a tribute to your partners and how you work together and just a great place to go. And, you know, we'll, don't let me let you leave without telling people where you're located and how to find you because sometimes we neglect that. But before we get to that, Christmas, Christmas Eve today, Christmas tomorrow. Now, gun purchases can be a little different, but if you're getting some kind of a firearm or firearm accessory, it's going to be just driving you crazy to want to try to use it And we're going to have weather, and not like this last week, below zero, but in the 40, 50 above range, which is quite comfortable. And in your your rifle and pistol range, more than comfortable because it's heated. What a great opportunity for people to get out and try that new stuff. And that's absolutely true, Terry. So the, you know, the day after Christmas is historically a very busy day here at Colorado Clays. And for just the reason you said, so many folks did get those new firearms. Uh, They want to try them out. They want to do some experiment. And, you know, Terry, that's the thing I think we've pressed all year um, about the shooting versus, say, uh, fishing. Uh, You don't just necessarily recommend 
uh, a gun or ammo or accessories, you have to actually go out and try them, put them on paper, and confirm these things. So that's where Colorado Clays really shines, being the public access facility that we are. We're open to anyone uh, all year long. Uh, we offer something for everyone, and I know there's going to be folks just excited to get out and uh, try out their new combinations. So we're looking forward to seeing them here really soon. Well, you know, here's another thing. A lot of people get a new scope maybe, okay? You get a new scope, you put it away, and then just before big game season next year, you take it out and you go to get it sighted in, and all of a sudden there's something wrong. You might be out of luck getting it fixed. You want to get that new scope out right now, check how you like shooting with it, how it fits your gun, how you target, what your impact areas are. Get out now and do some Besides that, it'll be fun. Yes, Terry, and perfect example of that. Kind of a heartbreaking story with a good ending. So uh, we have a local church that does some stuff for some kids without dads, and they lined up a little deer hunt for some kids. Well, instead of sighting in before the hunt, uh, they went out and missed a perfect opportunity, showed up at Colorado Clays, very depressed, very sad, but we got the kid on paper, and he was actually able to go out the next afternoon and fill that tag. So the importance of shooting, test firing, sighting in, putting on your new components, trying your different ammo before your hunt, before your competition, or even just before your recreational um, afternoon is paramount in the shooting business, and I just encourage people to make sure they do it in the right order. Well, you're absolutely right, and you just get familiar with your your firearms and how they feel, and this time of the year, you know, you, you should practice all summer long, but this time of the year, you can comfortably wear the clothing you're going to hunt in, which is so important to how your gun comes up, where your eye lines up with your scope or your sight on your shotgun, what your placement is, how automatic it is. You can wear that clothing now. Yeah, Terry, and it's just a testament to the importance of gun fit. And most of the modern firearms do have some amount of adjustability to the gun that can actually compensate for different lengths of poles, clothing, uh, sight pictures, and such. And if not, uh, sometimes very simple steps can be taken or very uh, inexpensive add-ons to uh, get you on track for whatever type of shooting or uh, hunting you might be doing. So uh, one thing we do offer here at Colorado Clays, Terry, and we've pounded this in over and over, is, uh, for example, our rifle range. Uh, prone, sitting, and standing uh, shooting availability. Um, our shotgun patterning areas for the same, whether you're hunting turkeys, waterfowl, or just getting ready for um, some clay shooting. Everything you need, all the tools you need to be prepared for your next outing, we have at Colorado Clays, and we offer them all year. All right. Now, i got to change subjects on you a little bit here. We got to talk a little ice fishing. Are you getting antsy? I'm very antsy, Terry. I actually took. Uh, I, you know, I got that one new rod. I have my hand auger ready. I don't have all the tools you do, but yeah, I'm getting very itchy. Um, I believe we're going to have good ice, and it looks like some good weather next week. I'm going to be calling you. All right, we will get out there, but you don't have to wait for me either. I got a feeling you uh, you've taken enough steps where you can do pretty well. But um, we're going to have a good time. What's the most, what do you look forward to ice fishing compared to open water? 
Well, Terry, I think what uh, you, you showed me that just opened up my eyes the most is that it doesn't have to just be a random haphazard outing, cross your fingers and see what happens. Uh, just, you know, the, the really relative um, inexpensive prices on some of the electronics can just change everything the time you spend dangling in a hole with no fish under you versus uh, doing some test holes and looking around. And I think I'm most excited about uh, getting into the sport and actually going out and, and enjoying the hunt for the fish on top of the ice versus, uh, you know, driving around in the boat. It's just uh, a whole new world that got opened up, and I'm really excited to get into it. All right, last thing before I let you go. January 12th, International Sportsman's Exposition. Can we expect to see you there? Yes, sir. Colorado Clays will always be there. Of course, we'll be back with our friends from Parks and Wildlife. So whatever you do, stop by, check us out, ask some questions, and uh, make sure you um, understand that Colorado Clays has everything you need for recreational firearms activities, and we'll get you fixed up no matter what it is. And how do people find you? Uh, Terry, give us a call, 303-659-7117. Go to coloradoclays.com, check out our website, take the virtual tour. And remember, we're just a hop and a skip from anywhere on the front range, uh, just north of DIA, east of Brighton, off of I-76. Really easy, short drive from anywhere, so come see us. All right, my friend. Merry Christmas and the best holiday season to you. Merry Christmas. Thank you, Terry. All right. J.R. Pierce, just great people. If you're a shooting enthusiast, if you've never checked out Colorado Clays for any kind of shooting, you need to do that. We're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, we've got a few things we're going to talk about, and then we'll wrap up this Christmas Eve edition of Terry Wickstrom Outdoors and 104.3 The Fan. Some toads happen, Christmas music. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 1043 The Fan. A few things I want to do before we wrap things up. One is we have this extreme cold, and it's going to be warm this next week, okay? That's going to present a lot of great outdoor activities, mostly fishing, but there's going to be hiking and going on the trails and camping. You know, share some of those outdoor activities with a sibling, with a friend, with a child, with a spouse. Uh, with a nephew, a niece, a grandchild, you'll create memories that you'll, you can reflect back on every Christmas, especially if you get some new outdoor gear and you can kind of share it and brag about it a little bit. Make this a really special time for your outdoor activities. Um, if you like this show and the, what, the, what we present on here, stop by in the next couple of weeks to our partners, and you know who they are. You listen all the time. And just say, hey, thanks for bringing that information to us because without them, This show doesn't exist, and they really make it possible to bring all the great guests we get on and share information and uh, all the things that are going on there. Follow Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook. Um, We'll post podcasts of what you've heard here during the week. We're always putting a podcast of one of the segments up almost every day, at least four or five days a week, if not more. We put those up to kind of refresh you, and you can always go back and listen to our our podcast right on um, denversports.com and go to my page, and they're there all the time. You can go back months, in fact, fact, if you want, but follow us on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, and a lot of the ice fishing we talked about 
is also available on our YouTube channel, The Best of Fishing with Terry Wickstrom. We have YouTube uh uh, we have YouTube available on almost all the things we talked about on the show today. So you can go ahead and take a look at that. Now, a, a couple of the fishing opportunities you really want to take advantage of this week. We have that extreme cold. It's going to be warm. The ice should remain very solid, but always check it. Always be careful. Front range, you should be able to go out and not even have to dress that warm if you want to just go chase some trout in the middle of the day. The walleye's a little early, a little late, be better. But you can go out on these 40, 50-degree days and just have reasonable winter clothing, and you don't even need a shelter. You're going to be very comfortable, and you can catch some fish, especially the trout up and down the front range, and just have a great time. Get out there and enjoy it. Fly anglers, when these temperatures rise again, we're going to get some of that shelf ice to break loose. You're going to have some pools and holes you can fish in. Go out and Put, take that rod out in these warm days. Go to the tailwaters like the Big Thompson, Pueblo, Deckers, and you'll find it could end up being some of your best fly fishing days of the year. But most of all, with the holidays coming, share the outdoors with your family and friends and have a good, safe holiday. Really enjoy it together. Enjoy everything you do and make it a festive time. But whatever you do in the outdoors, be extremely careful. There's always pitfalls if you don't know what you're doing. Know before you go. That's the mantra for the last couple of years. If you're going to take on a new activity, research it. There's so much information available. Listen to us. We'll help guide you. Now, when we leave here, I'm going to have to go try to convince Karen that I really haven't been so naughty, that I've been kind of nice, and hopefully I'll still get some some Christmas gifts uh, tonight and tomorrow yet. So I, I got some work to do today when I do that. I know, I know Karen and I both want to wish everybody an incredible, incredible Merry Christmas and, uh, and hopefully a safe new year and a safe holidays. And we'll be here next week. We're broadcasting. We'll have a full show. And as we go on to next year, please, you know, stay with us and get in the outdoors and enjoy it. We'll try to bring you, the information to make your experience better and it just it, you're our outdoor family so when we say merry christmas to you guys we're talking to you not just as listeners to the show because we do get to interact whether it's on the text line at the sports shows on our facebook pages our social media you send us messages and we appreciate all that you are our outdoor family i want to thank dante for running the board today and merry christmas to him I want to thank Karen for putting this show together and keeping me online. And again, Merry Christmas from all of us. Enjoy the holiday. Enjoy everything you're going to get out and do. We'll let, this time we're good away from Christmas, and we'll let the Eagles take us to football with the Bills versus the Bears on 104.3 The Fan. She stood in the door.